0: Hey, welcome to the Coach Bono's Podcast in the studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bono, Brian O'Connor. Hey, we're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. And you can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bono's Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search Coach Bono's Show. You'll find it there. You can also email us at CoachBono's Show at gmail.com. Hey, this is episode 22. And i uh, just going to start out by going, wow, what a weekend of playoff football did we have. And we're just going to do a review. We're just going to review the four games from this weekend, from Saturday and Sunday. I'm recording this Sunday night. Uh, we just got done a little while ago with the Chiefs and the Bills and what might have been one of the best games I've ever seen. I mean, just... Unbelievable, unbelievable across the board. Uh, You know, just your heart's still racing if you're a fan of either team or just a football fan at all. Um, Unbelievable performance by both sides. Uh, Both quarterbacks were fantastic. Of course, you probably already know, Chiefs win 42-36 in overtime. Uh, Unbelievable game. So uh, we're going to get started there first and uh, just kind of... Talk about these four games because all four games came down to the first three of the weekend, came down to a last second field goal, and the Chiefs win on the last play on a touchdown. So the last play of the game on all four NFL playoff games wins the game. Uh, I've I never even heard of some shit like this. I mean, just unbelievable. Let's start with the uh, the biggest game of the weekend locally here, but I think everyone's still going to be talking about this on Monday, and that's Kansas City hosting Buffalo. This was the matchup. If you want to argue what was the best matchup of teams this weekend, this was probably it. Uh, Kansas City comes in as the two-seed, Buffalo the three-seed. They had met earlier in the year in Arrowhead. Buffalo won that game. They replay it now. They come back. And this was a heavyweight fight. This was fantastic from the beginning. uh, First possession, Buffalo gets the ball, 71 yards, 13 plays, touchdown. Kansas City comes right back, 11 plays, five and a half minutes, 74 yards, ties the game. Uh, We're going back and forth. Let's see. The Chiefs took a 14-7 lead. Buffalo ties it. The Chiefs had a chance just before the half to take a lead, missed a field goal. Uh, that would have been big. It would have given the Chiefs the lead and the ball at the beginning of the, of the third quarter. Could have been a whole different game. But 14 uh, 14 into the first half, both teams playing lights out. And, um, you know, we had two punts from Buffalo, one from Kansas City, and then the missed field goal uh, from the Chiefs. So two possessions there, uh, non scoring. Um, but both teams were really into this. Everyone played well. Second half, uh, but the Chiefs get the ball first, start out with a field goal. Buffalo punts. Chiefs get ahead with another field in the touchdown. Uh, they miss the extra points. They have a nine-point lead. Buffalo then comes back, one play, 75 yards, gets a two-point, gets uh good center, makes the game 23-21, two-point game. Then they trade punts. KC gets a field goal, 26-21, and then the fun starts. <laughs> You got five possessions in a row. We had six with the uh, – actually, it was seven. It was six. Six possessions in a row of scoring. The field goal by the Chiefs makes it 26-21. Touchdown by Buffalo. They go for two. They get it on an amazing job by Josh Allen there, 29-26. Chiefs come back, score a touchdown in 52 seconds, 33-29. And just when you think, with a minute to go, that's all over. The Chiefs have got it. Josh Allen gets the ball back with a minute two. And a touchback. And then, boom. Josh Allen, uh, what was this? 49 seconds, five plays, 75 yards. capped off with um, a 19-yard touchdown pass. Unbelievable. So, the Buffalo Bills... Uh, Take the lead, 36-33. Here's where it gets crazy. There are 13 seconds left. The Chiefs did have a timeout. um, And Buffalo decides to kick it deep and get a touchback. I'm, I'm assuming they just were scared of a return, of a big return. But any return would run some time off that clock. 13 seconds. You got to think that hey, 13 seconds. The the Chiefs are going to come down. They're, they're not going to be able to run. They're not going to be able to get anything done in 13 seconds. They need a field goal to tie. Uh, they get Mahomes throws a quick pass for 19 yards to Hill. If they call a timeout, Buffalo calls a timeout. Then you, both the Chiefs and Buffalo call timeouts. Uh, Buffalo did a smart thing. They showed a zero blitz and said, hey, let's see what happens here. Chiefs line up. They like they're going to do something. Buffalo calls a timeout. Says, oh, let's get everybody back. And I think the big thing that happens after this, you're going to see that Kelsey catches the 25-yard uh, pass. Chiefs call a timeout. Butner gets a chance at a 49-yard field goal. Now, Buffalo's getting criticized pretty hard defensively for um, what has happened with their defense and playing back so much. But you had to play back because of Mahomes. I think you have to give a lot of credit to Mahomes and just the – the way he can get back and he can make such long throws, Buffalo had to play two guys back you know, near the goal line, make sure nothing gets over their heads. But that opened up a couple of plays underneath, and really the second play to Kelsey was the one that I thought was just horribly done. I don't know why um, Buffalo rushed four and didn't drop anybody short in the middle of the field that would have gobbled that up or at least gobbled up a short gain in that. But they didn't. The 25 yards puts them in field goal range. Buckner makes the field goal since it's the overtime. In overtime, Chiefs win the toss. Come right downfield. Four minutes. They run eight plays. On the eighth play, Kelsey Mahomes to Kelsey uh, in the corner. Kelsey with a linebacker. is never going to be a good idea. And just absolutely crazy. Chiefs come back, win the game. 42-36. 42-36. The Chiefs have scored 42 points in both playoff games now. And uh, the Chiefs will now host the Bengals. But let's get into it. Just to go a little deeper here. Before I'm we, not going to talk about any of next week's games yet. We're going to talk just about this. 25 points scored in the last minute 54 of regulation. Uh, and you have the Chiefs scoring six more in the overtime. This was a great, great game. And it was really the two quarterbacks. Mahomes and Allen, I hope that people understand. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is great. He's incredible. He is one of the, he's going to end up being one of the all-time greats. But I hope people realize exactly how good Josh Allen is. Because Josh Allen played just as well as Mahomes. If not, I mean, they went hand-in-hand in this game. Mahomes, 33 of 44 for three touchdowns. He also ran for 69 yards and a touchdown. Um... Of those yardage, again, about sixty yards of that came in the of the of the Mahomes passing yardage came in the overtime. Allen goes twenty-seven to thirty-seven, four touchdowns. Uh, let me get the number here. Three twenty-nine yards. He averages eight point nine yards per uh, per attempt. Uh, Mahomes eight point six. Both of them had incredible quarterback ratings. Mahomes one twenty three, Allen one thirty six. This was just a shootout. This was just a shootout. This was a heavyweight fight between two grown ass men going out there at the quarterback position. You just don't see that very often in the league. It should be really, really great. It was fantastic. And when you look at this and you go, "Man, this is," there's so many things that happened here go back and you look at, you know, the possessions piece, the piece to me that's the most important, and I'm kind of babbling a little bit, but the piece that's most important to me is the efficiency in which the Chiefs ran their offense. Some amazing stats to me on this that I I, I wanted to throw out there. Um, Defenses were on roller skates for the last 12 minutes. Last 11 minutes and 44 seconds, every possession resulted in points. I mean... At some point, someone's got to play some defense, right? So but that didn't happen. Last uh, six possessions of the game, someone scores. 25 points scored in the last minute, 54. I've already covered that. Um, But here's one difference. This is one difference that I think is really, really important and I think has not gotten any run. The Chiefs stayed in this game because they ran the football. They ran the football. They averaged 6.7 yards a carry. And I, you just don't see that. 6.7 yards a carry, um, 182 yards rushing on 27 carries. Now, you can say, well, Mahomes had the two big carries. and Yes, he did. But uh, 69 yards on seven carries, you're not going to get that from your quarterback very often. Uh, that's pretty phenomenal. This game was just phenomenal all around. I mean, just a high scoring. It's a great game. I'm not one of these guys who just automatically thinks because... Um, the score changed hands every time it makes it great. But this was great not because of the score each time, but because of how great the the two quarterbacks played. I mean, when you're going in here, you have Patrick Mahomes, again, who is, I mean, right now the best thing going. And Josh Allen, who, if you're not paying attention, he's every bit as good as Patrick Mahomes. His arm is just as good. The plays he makes with his feet are just as good. How they used him in the run game. He had 11 rushes, and it's not 11 scrambles. I mean, they used him in the run game. Uh, He had 68 yards rushing uh, in a phenomenal way. And Buffalo, again, I picked Buffalo. I thought Buffalo would win this game. I actually picked all four underdogs with the spread. If you listen to the Jones Report, you'll hear what I said that this week. Uh, So I went three for four. I'm good with that. But I think that... Uh, this is going to be something we may see for a little while. These two guys, I heard someone earlier talking about, this could be be Brady and Manning. Um, I think there's a third person and maybe even a fourth person who will get into that argument down the road. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about that third one here in a little bit. Uh, But, I mean, you got to tip your hat to the Chiefs. I mean, even if you're a Chiefs hater, you have to tip your hat on how well they played that game. They ran the ball well. They kept they did the things they had to do to win the game. They didn't get too cute the one cute play they ran uh, where they did the uh, option play with uh, Bell under center you know the bells kind of sniffed that out uh, but again that didn't make a difference in the game. Uh, the Chiefs played in a vintage Mahomes game I mean it was let him get out. One thing we did see Buffalo was planning on that they were planning on Mahome's they were trying to keep mahomes in the pocket and really did a good job of not letting him get to his right. If you'll notice on the two big scrambles that mahomes had early in the game, they were both to his left, which is kind of unusual for Patrick Mahomes. But the biggest thing defensively was buffalo didn't tackle well in the last quarter of the game. Really the last probably quarter and a half of the game, and then they just got confused on defense there those last few last the last the last fourth quarter. Um, as the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs, uh, losing Tyron Matthew early in the game really hurt them. You know, had the Chiefs lost the game, had Buffalo gotten the ball first, who knows what would have happened. You know, but if the Chiefs lost, that would have been pointed to. And I think it needs to be pointed to that Buffalo couldn't stop the Chiefs in those three possessions late in the game. It's really important to to point that out. And really, both teams out there playing roller skates defensively. Someone's got to step up and play. So... Um, great performance by two great quarterbacks. You have to tip your hat to the Chiefs, and that's just an incredible game and a great win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we'll talk here. They're going to be hosting the AFC Championship game, which we've, you've probably heard at nauseum now. They'll be the first team to host four conference championship games in a row. Uh, they'll be hosting because on Saturday... The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Tennessee Titans. And we're going to come back to Saturday's games in a bit, uh, but we're going to talk about Sunday's games first. Hey, if you listen to this podcast enough, if you know me, if you've been listening to this and you know me, you know the reason I started this podcast is, one, I enjoy talking about sports and kind of the catharticism of me and Ellen on uh, the point five as well. But a big reason I did it is I wanted to get my name out there with O'Connor Advisory Group. O'Connor Advisory Group and what we're doing we are a full-service financial services uh, company, work with individuals, small businesses, and what I'm trying to do, what we're really growing our practice to do, is to help you plan for your retirement. If you haven't gotten started, if you're 25, if you're 35, 45, 55, hell, if you're 65 and you haven't started yet, I want you to go to oagks.com. In the top right-hand corner, there's a Contact Us button. I want you to hit that button. I want you to fill out the form that says I heard you on the, on the Coach Bono's podcast, and I'd like to have a chat with you. I would love to chat with you. That's going to come directly to me. I'm going to give you a call. We're going to set up a time or even on Zoom, whether it's phone or Zoom or in my office in Lawrence, whatever we got to do, and we're going to have a no-obligation free chat and say, hey, what's important and what's going on with you? Let's help you out, and let's see what we can do to help be your partner and your financial needs and your gain. And everything moving forward. It's a crazy time. Let's get things and get these things moving. First of the year, January's here. Let's get it done. Let's get you started. All right, back to football. The other game, Saturday. So Saturday's games, or Sunday's games, I'm sorry, Sunday's games were both just wild games and high scoring, especially compared to Saturday's games. The first game of the day in Tampa Bay, the LA Rams go to Tampa, win 30-27. Now they led 27-6 at one point in this game. Uh, it looked like uh, I don't even know how to explain this. It looked, it looked like men playing boys at one point. This is 27 to 3. It was 20 to 23 to half. The Rams go up 27 to 3 at the uh, let's see here at the four-minute mark in the third quarter. They get ahead, and it looks like it looks like it's going to be an easy day for the Rams once they get into the third quarter. But once they had a lead, the Rams, Sean McVay has this problem. This happened to him a couple weeks ago against the 49ers in Week 18, and that's they can't run the ball well when they have a lead. The same thing happened to him against the Rams a couple weeks ago, and it bit him again. That game they lost. They were up 17 late in that game, and the 49ers came back and won the game. Now down up 27-3, to you got Brady down. You're sacking Brady. They sacked him three times. He threw a pick. Uh, he just looked off. They got to him and hit him 30% of the time in the game. Um, I thought that the, the Bucks defense looked fantastic. I mean, it was the Rams defense looked fantastic to start this game, and at twenty-seven to three, it should have been over. Absolutely, should have been over. But the Rams offense really let the defense down. And here's why I say that: up twenty-seven to three, the Rams offense fumbles the ball three times. They have a bad snap that goes over Stafford's head, flips the flips the field back to the um, Rams, or probably back to the Bucks after the Bucs had just turned the ball over on a fumble back to the Rams. Missed a 47-yard field goal, the Rams did. It was, for lack of a better term, it was kind of a shit show there in the second half offensively. Uh, To give you an idea, Stafford was 28 of 38, 366, and two touchdowns. He was phenomenal in the first half of this game. And then with the big lead, what do you do? You're running the ball, trying to run the clock out. And this is what good teams do. Good teams run the football when you know, as the the opposing team, that they are going to run the football. And the Rams couldn't do that today. I was really, really sad to see that. I mean, the Rams ran the ball 30 times for 73 yards. That's just awful. 2.4 yards. There is no reason the Rams should not be running for four yards to carry. Cam Akers had 24 carries. He had the majority of the carries. What Sonny Michelle Michel only had one this week. He kind of filled in for Akers for a big chunk of the season when Akers was down. Um, Akers fumbled the ball twice. And uh, frankly, I thought the first time after Michelle fumbled, I thought, well, okay, you can... Give him the ball back and, and, and work it in there. If you're watching the game, I think Collinsworth talked about that. You know, give him the ball back, especially in the red zone. But after the second one, I I don't know that I can start Cam Akers next week. I don't know that I'd trust him right now. Maybe that was a one time thing, but his fumble late in the game opened it up for the Bucks to tie that game. The Bucks score 24 points in the late third and fourth quarter. To get the game to 27-27. So to give you an idea, the Bucks get the ball back down 27-20. or Sorry, 27-13. to 13, With three minutes and 54 seconds to go in the game. 36 seconds, three plays, 77 yards, they score. 27-20. Then you have... The Acres fumble. Uh, if you've seen that highlight, Domakasu reached in, pulls it out, immediately jumped on by the Bucks. And all I could think of is wow, this, this is how it's gonna go? This is how the Rams are gonna blow this. Seven plays later, a minute 43. Brady brings the, the Bucks down. It's now a tied game. However, they left 42 seconds on the clock. 42 seconds. The Rams had one timeout. Uh, in the first play, they get after it, and they mean the bucks Let me pronouns here. The Bucks get after it, and the Bucs sack Stafford, forcing the Rams to call their last timeout. Now you have 35 seconds, and you're, down, you're, you're in a tie game. All you're trying to do is get a field goal, a field goal, because now the momentum is clearly with the Bucks. So what are you going to do? So, second down, a deep pass to Cup, 20 yards. Cup gets out of bounds. Out of bounds, you come back. Stafford hits Cup for 44 yards, 27 seconds left, and gets everybody down the field, up under center, spiked the ball, six seconds to go. They get the field goal team out, kick the field goal, win the game. Funny how. One week ago, we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys couldn't run one offensive play in 13 or 14 seconds. And here the Rams were able to go 44 yards, get down and get a ball down. And they were able to do that in 21. So again, that's an indictment for last week. But this week, I mean, it was just a phenomenal play. Stafford put everything he had in that throw. Cup was out there wide open. How anyone on Tampa side like Cooper Cup of all people get open after the season he's had? You let him get open, get the forty-four yards, and then you know they go, they get the, they go out there, spike the ball, boom, thirty-yard field goal wins the game. Here's my question. So first off, let's talk about the, the game. Um, the Rams did not run the ball well with the lead. They didn't play well offensively with the lead at all. Their defense was getting after Tom Brady. And even in between the Brady, the plays where they were making these touchdowns, these couple of late touchdowns, they forced the, the Bucs twice to turn over the ball on downs. They forced a fumble late. And it's just amazing. The Rams' defense kept them in the game. And the Rams' offense, I don't know what it is about Sean McVay, that for some reason he just can't figure out how to run the football. It was a really poor performance with that. Cooper Cup was great, 183 yards, a touchdown. He had the big one that set up the field goal. Um, The defense got to Brady three sacks. They had the uh, interception that was was, uh, in the first half. Uh, Hit Brady a few times. Uh, Tom Brady did not look like Tom Brady. Uh, He got, if you saw, he was hit in the first half. uh, What a play by Von Miller. He wanted a call for a uh, unnecessary roughness. He wanted a help crown of the helmet hitting Brady. I thought that was clean. I still don't think he got hit in that play with the the helmet. I think he got hit in the chest, and Brady's head went up, and I think he bit his lip. If you've seen, there's a famous video now where Brady's lip is bleeding, and Brady's going to whine and bitch a little bit. He's been known to do that with with refs to get his calls, and I think Tom Brady gets more calls than anybody. I think he even gets more than Mahomes. Um I think Mahomes got a big one in this week's game. but they did Tyreek Hill probably should have been flagged on uh, that last touchdown. But they, they're not going to call that there. Um, but anyway, we're not going to even dwell on that because you're not going to call it there. But anyway, Brady went 30-54, 329, one touchdown, one interception, sacked three times. And I don't think Tom Brady looked, looked comfortable at any point in the game. Uh, it was clear what the Rams did. The Rams did the same thing to the Bucks that, for, that the uh, Saints did twice. They rushed four, they dropped seven, and they say, hey, you're going to have to beat us by running the football. And the Bucs couldn't because they were so far behind. They were able to get back into the game, and you have to give credit to the Bucs for getting back in the game. But a lot of that, again, I think was just the Rams offense inability to run any clock off. Um, My question here, was this Tom Brady's last game? If you listen to the Jones Report, and you know I do a little spot on the Jones Report each week with Tyler Jones, if you're not listening to that, go download the Jones Report. Tyler Jones, Tom Bridges, they do a great job. And I go on there and we talk football. But we talked this week, and I made a prediction I thought the Rams would win this game. And I said, not only did I think the Rams are going to win this game, I said, I think this is Tom Brady's last game. And I do. I stand by that. I think this is Tom Brady's last game. I, I think that he went out on his shield Sword swinging, doing everything he possibly could to get his team back in that game. And it just wasn't enough. He's played phenomenal this year. Look, he's had a great year. A year, frankly, that would have won an MVP a lot of times. Led the league in touchdowns. Led the league in yardage. They dealt with a lot of injuries on that offense. I don't know if the Bucks can do this again. I don't know that Tom Brady's going to be long for doing this again. After the game in the press conference, he was very non-committal, talking more about how he's focused on what just happened, that kind of thing. But I suspect we will hear the next month or two, probably probably a couple of months out. That, that was Tom Brady's last game, and I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Uh, if it was, I think he has nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, that was he played a gritty performance, as much as he was getting hit, as much as he was running around. The offensive line played pretty poorly for the Bucks. So, um, great game late with the way the Bucks played and the, really the way the Rams defense, the Rams offense didn't play. Um, but, again, we saw the Rams, who I think are the better team. Um, I, their record didn't show it, but I think the Rams were the better team going in. I think they're the better team still. And the Rams get the win 30-27 against the Bucks, So um, that wraps up the uh, Sunday games. As you wrap up Sunday games, I got a question for you here. So the new year, the new me, all that good stuff. I know I personally needed to kind of refresh my wardrobe and do some things. And so one thing I did was I got, I got involved with Trunk Club. Trunk Club by Nordstrom is great. Uh, You get to preview your trunk every month or every quarter, however often you want. Trunk Club will pick out clothes for your size, your style, and what you want. You can preview your trunk online and in their app. You can swap, remove, confirm items. You have forty-eight hours once you get your preview, your digital preview, and then they'll send you what you want based on your size, your taste, anything you want, any, within your budget as well. You get to state your budget, and then ship everything back to you. You try everything on at home, and once you, if you find things you like, great, keep them. Everything's very upfront, and everything is taken care of price-wise for you. And if you find something you don't like or something that didn't fit right, something not look good, just not your style, send it back. Trunk Club is great. They work with FedEx, and you can send stuff right back. It's very, very simple, very, very easy. You can actually check out Trunk Club and get $50 off your first trunk by going to our show notes and clicking on the link. You can do that while you're listening to us talk. I'm going to be talking for a little while longer here. So, hey, while you're listening, go to the show notes, click on the link, save $50 on your first trunk from Trunk Club, and believe me, I think you're really going to like it. I like it a lot. My wife likes it. She's been using it. We use it with our 20-year-old. And some of the other things I liked in this was there's some different styles and some things you'll see on the website in the app. You know, things like winter activewear trunk or Festive dressing trunk, the winter weekend trunk, different items, different ideas throughout the year to kind of freshen up your wardrobe. So if you think your wardrobe needs a little bit of help, you want to do a little something for yourself, check out Trunk Club. And go ahead and use our link. Save $50 on your first link, on your first trunk by using our link in the show notes. Okay, now we're in Saturday's game. So... Um, I'm going to start with Saturday night's game. And, and I'm going to talk about Saturday night's game because I thought it was just bloody goddamn boring. And I, the game we're going to spend the least, least amount of time on. Green Bay at home. The 49ers come in. 49ers, I want to think they're a good team, but I can't trust a team with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. I just cannot bring myself to trust that team. But what they have done is they've taken that worry away from, from anybody by saying, hey, we're just going to run the football. Grapple only threw 19 passes. Of course, there was a the snow started coming in during the game. Uh, rushed the ball 29 times for 106 yards, only 3.7 yards per rush. And the 49ers did not score an offensive touchdown and won the game 13 to 10. This is going to be an indictment on a lot of people. So hear me out. First, I think Matt LaFleur is a pretty good coach at Green Bay. I think Matt LaFleur has done a great job. He has managed this whole Aaron Rodgers, you know, will he stay, will he go, All everything that's involved with that. I think he's managed all that very well. He's tried to placate Rodgers, get him some of the things that he wants as a, as a franchise player. And I think LaFleur has walked into some some kind of a minefield with that. But um, it's really – it's it's just – Weird to watch. We'll see what's going on now with this. So um, the Packers came out in this game, first possession, and just with surgical precision straight down the field. Uh, first possession, we get the ball. Uh Let's see here. Um, 69 yards, 10 plays, 535. Uh, you got an A.J. Dillon six-yard run to finish it off. And it's 7-0 Green Bay, and it looks like the, ro- the it's going to be just a roll from there. I mean, it looked like it was over. The next possession, 49ers come out, three plays, lost 11 yards, and they have to punt. And really, after those first two possessions, it looked like Green Bay was just going to roll this game. They just had, it, it looked the 49 had no chance. Green Bay comes back out, gets a couple of yards, runs a few plays, fumbles. Lewis gets a, uh, Lewis on a short run, boom, fumble, turned it back over. And then we have the trading punts marathon from there in the first half before uh, the 49ers throw an interception, grapple up those at the, end of the near the end of the half. Um, the Packers are moving down the field. Crosby's field goal was blocked at the end of the half, and it's 7-0 at the half. Again, just bloody, damn boring. San Francisco, we knew, would want to run the ball. We knew they'd want to run the ball. They they, they, they don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo, and rightfully so. I mean, he's pretty awful. He, he you know, 19 attempts, 11, 11 completions, 131 yards, one interception. He was sacked four times in the game. Um... He's just awful. And the best thing the 49ers have is Debo Samuel, which it's kind of a shame because you have some pieces in the receiving core of the 49ers, like George Kittle, like Samuel, who you can do some stuff with, Elijah uh, Mitchell, who I like a lot, Brandon Eichuk, I like a lot. And these are guys who, again, had, they don't get opportunities because you just can't trust Garoppolo. He's that bad and i know they've got Trey Lance he's taken the, you know they're not going to play him at all this year you know he hasn't played i think he played a couple of games when Garoppolo was hurt earlier in the year but uh they're not going to play him in the playoffs it's going to be Garoppolo and there is no way Jimmy Garoppolo can be the quarterback for the 49ers in the 2022 i mean there's just no way that next season Jimmy Garoppolo can be the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers even if they win next week against the Rams Uh, I don't think they will, but they've already beaten the Rams twice. But if they do win and they go to the Super Bowl, I still don't think that Garoppolo can be their starting quarterback next year. I mean, he's going to get Trent Dilford, if you know what I mean. Uh, Trent Dilford was the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens who won the Super Bowl and then lost his job in the offseason. Just kind of a guy who's just filling a spot. That's really what Jimmy Garoppolo is. Second half of this game... I would want—I want to say it was all 49ers, but it wasn't all 49ers. It was all nobody. The 49ers got a field, got two field goals, and the big play was a blocked punt return for a touchdown—the only touchdown scored by the 49ers in this game. Uh, Green Bay did tackle on a field goal late. 13-10 um, comes down to the end of the game. 40 ers get the ball back with about four minutes to play. I'm sorry, three minutes to play, and Green Bay out of timeouts. Um, Rodgers didn't play well in this game at all either, but uh, three minutes to go in the game. Coming down the field, uh, they, they keep walking it down to do the best they can. They get 44 yards for the field goal. Uh, they line up at the 29, boom, field goal to win the game. Uh, third straight game of the playoff, won by a field goal. And really, this was two – was this two bad teams? Was it two teams that just played bad today or this day on Saturday? Um, I haven't thought the 49ers were very good at all going this season. I mean, they were, and they were a team that was 10-7. and seven. You know, They won last week against the Cowboys, and we kind of saw how that was all about. I mean, a lot of that was blamed on Dak, and really I thought that the Cowboys were their own worst enemy here. But uh, Aaron Rodgers um, had his worst performance of the season. Um, his performance was so bad you might consider taking the MVP from him. Now, the, I know the MVP is a regular season award, but he played really poorly. 20-29, um, 225, no touchdowns. Uh, did not throw an interception. He was sacked five times. But, I mean, just... Aaron Rodgers is the best player. He may be the best player in the history of the Green Bay Packers. Some will say Favre. I prefer Rodgers. But what I will tell you is that when you have a player like Aaron Rodgers, not only should you be in every game, you should never be in a playoff game where you only score 10 points. I don't give a damn how bad the snow is. It wasn't even that bad. Uh, It was a pathetic performance by Aaron Rodgers. It was a pathetic performance by the Packers on offense completely. Uh, Aaron Jones got 12 carries for 41 yards. Dylan seven carries for 25. Packers did run the ball 20 times, but they only averaged 3.4 yards a carry, and the only touchdown was in that first possession. If you take that first possession away from the Packers, those 69 yards, their total total yardage for the game is 225 yards. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. I mean, it, did, it didn't It did get it done in this case, and, and that's an indictment on not just the Packers, but also how poorly the 49ers were, that the 49ers didn't play well at all. I mean, they only had 106 yards passing and 106 to 212 yards total offense. This was the shit show of a game. As exciting as Sunday night's game was, Saturday night's game laid a just a damn egg. And everybody involved with in that game should be ashamed, especially on the Green Bay side, to lose at home like that. Um, one thing I want to bring up on this is I do think that was Aaron Rodgers' last game in Green Bay. I expected Aaron Rodgers will be forced to trade. This is, I think this has been kind of mutually agreed upon um, going into the season when they reworked his contract, gave him a big bonus this year. He has a contract that's easily tradable. Uh, What it will require is a team to give the right draft picks and then to do an extension with Aaron Rodgers, which I think will happen. I think you look at teams like Miami, teams like Denver, I think even the Raiders. There'll be three or four, maybe even five teams that'll jump in there into the Aaron Rodgers uh, Derby. It'll happen shortly after the Super Bowl. We'll see this, I think. And I think that was Aaron Rodgers' last game in Green Bay. I, I... if it was his last day game in green bay it really is a good synopsis of his year um you know if, you, if you're on social media at all then you've seen everything going by um all the different jokes Severan rodgers you know who would have thought you know you know he maybe he immunized himself against the 49ers you know whatever just yes, it was a lot of different things going it just really he did not he didn't play well. He didn't carry himself well, and even though I think Aaron Rodgers will win the MVP and he's had a phenomenal season, um, I think he's carried a pretty poor offense into a you know first into a number one seed. I think that it was a great reflection of who he's been this season, with his surliness, with you know all the COVID stuff, with the you know did he get vaccinated, that kind of stuff. I think a lot of people were rooting against Aaron Rodgers. And I think a lot of people feel vindicated today. And, you know, I think that's too bad because I think Aaron Rodgers is someone who one year ago I was a big fan of. Um, I'm not going to get into the politics of it. It's not important. We're talking about sports. But um, I lost a lot of faith in that. And I don't. I wasn't rooting against him. actually was rooting for the Packers. So I didn't think they'd cover their spread. But I thought that this would be a close game but a little higher scoring. Um But I think this was Aaron Rodgers' last hurrah in Green Bay. I don't see that that's going to be a good fit for either the team or the player moving forward. The last game I want to talk about was the first game of the weekend, and that was the Bengals going to Tennessee and uh, pulling off a a big victory, 19-16. This was, uh, I think, the most surprising outcome of any of the games in my view. Um I, I think if you look at it, I mean the Bengals have been hot. You know, they beat the Chiefs the last week of the season. They um won last week. They win this week. The, Joe Burrow has played incredible. Now Burrow did not have his best game this past week. Let's get that out of the way. Joe Burrow went 28 to 37, which is very efficient. 348, no touchdowns, did throw the one interception. How the Bengals won this game is amazing to me. The reason it's amazing is that it was uh, Cincinnati came out and they just could not get things moving in a big way. We didn't know with Tennessee what they really had. They got into the one seed largely because the Bengals beat the Chiefs the last week of the season, uh, or the second to last week of the season and then the Titans winning the last couple of games, not having um, Derrick Henry. I mean, getting Derrick Henry back this week, it looked like, if you were going to place a bet, it looked like the, the, the Titans were going to be the team to beat here. The Titans did not play well. Ryan Tannehill looked bad. And I suspected initially that getting Derrick Henry back would not just be great for their running attack, but it would be... Great for Ryan Tannehill, and I say that because what Ryan Tannehill does really well is the play-action game. He's great at he he does a great play-action fake with the actual handoff piece, and he also has the ability to read the situation, know when they're going to call that, and then get that ball out to some of their people. They're not a quick strike offense at all, and the best use of Ryan Tannehill is to use him in that play-action game. That's why they've done built that team that way. Derrick Henry comes back, 20 carries, 62 yards. He did have a touchdown. His longest run was nine yards. Uh, Dante Foreman actually had the longest carry in the game for 45 yards. Dante Foreman played very well at the time that Derrick Henry was out. Um, I thought that the Titans' defense played fairly well, and the Bengals' defense really did well against the run and putting pressure on Tannehill. Um, I, I don't think anyone would go out there and put any awards out there for the Cincinnati Bengals' defense, but that was the best game I've seen them play in a while, and they really made it difficult on Tannehill, and they did it. by starting out by just stopping Derrick Henry. They did not let him get loose. He only had the one time where he tried to do his you know, his stiff arm, and he was broke down, and, and he was down before they even got that stiff arm put on somebody. Uh, so this game ends up... at the half, Cincinnati, Um, even though the Bengals really destroyed the time of possession, they looked great, they looked like the better team in the first half, it almost looked like, uh uh-oh, here come the Titans. And the Titans scored 10 in the third quarter. Bengals stayed in the game with a touchdown. It's 16-16. And when you get down to it, it looked like after the Bengals, after the uh, Titans scored a touchdown... And got and they got tied the game at sixteen all, um, with about what was that? Was about four minutes to go in the game. It looked like well, this is over. Well, the Bengals punt. Then the Titans turn the ball over on downs. The Bengals punt. I say four minutes. The so four minutes to go in the third quarter. It, it seemed like the two punts and then the turnover on downs. The Bengals did stop the the Titans, but two punts in a row. Like the Bengals were okay, you know, now the better team and the Titans are going to win this thing. Titans are driving down the field, five plays, and then bam, Tannehill throws an interception. Um, It was, uh, to me, it was like, oh, my God, here we go. It it looked like the Titans were going to drive down the field, kick a field goal, win the game. Uh, Instead, Tannehill throws the the interception, and on the play, they called a taunting penalty, not on the person who, um, who made the interception, but on Eli Apple, who was 20 yards behind the play. So they flag the, um, they flag the taunting. They they do the penalty from that mark, and now you're thinking, okay, well, 16-0. I guess we're going to overtime because the Bengals only had one timeout, and. So they had two timeouts, but they only had 20 seconds, and it was like, okay, 20 seconds, two timeouts. What do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You find Jamar Chase for 34 yards, and you get out of bounds. Uh, Burrow threw an incredible ball. Chase snags it, gets down, gets out of bounds. And they go up to the, the Bengals, come up to the line of scrimmage, run two plays to run the clock down, call timeouts to both plays, get it where they want it. Here it comes out 52 yarder to win the game. Um, as exciting as the end of the game was in Kansas City, it was a pretty unbelievable finish for the Bengals to do that in the two plays. Um, you know, 20 seconds, they didn't go as far as the Chiefs did, obviously, but setting up the field goal, you know, it was a big deal. So now we have Burrow, by the way, who was sacked nine times in this game? Let me, re- let me say that again. Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in this game. How any quarterback is sacked nine times and they still win the game just shows what kind of metal that guy has. I mean, nobody's winning a game sacked nine times. He got sacked nine times, comes out the last possession, throws a dime to Chase. Sets them up for the field goal, wins the game. So, uh, pretty phenomenal. What I do want to talk about with them is two things. One, I don't think we knew what we were going to get from the Titans coming into this game. They were the number one seed, but I don't think anyone thought they were the best team. Um, I I thought Buffalo was the best team. I thought one week ago I said I think Buffalo is the best team left in this thing. I think Kansas City can stay with Buffalo. I think those are the two best teams. I think the Titans are somewhere in there. I think if they can muddy the game up and get you to where their defense is stopping you and Derrick Henry becomes Derrick Henry late in the game, they can stay in games with anybody. But they have to play their type of game. Um, That's something that the Titans are going to have to work on moving forward. I don't know if they can do that with with Ryan Tannehill. They'll have to make some decisions there. But... um, The Bengals have now come from one season ago being 4-11-1 with a a rookie quarterback who gets hurt six weeks into the season, uh, tears his uh, ACL and MCL, has surgery, gets to the, the, the preseason in time, doesn't take snaps in any preseason games, and now Joe Burrow has the Cincinnati Bengals one game away from the Super Bowl. Now, it is a daunting task what the Bengals are going to have to do. They're going to have to go to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Now, I'm not one who believes in the Arrowhead magic thing. I just don't. But I do believe that it, home field advantage is something. And I think that Mahomes has played a lot better these last two games. He played well in the game against the Bengals three weeks ago, four weeks ago now. I think it's just a matter of, you know, what will happen. We're going to see a shootout again. Uh, can Burrow stay up with him is going to be a question. And we'll talk about that on the point five more than anything else. But I, I, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a Joe Burrow guy. I'm a Joe Burrow fan. Uh, he's an LSU guy. You know, I'm an LSU person. And Joe Burrow is probably my favorite player. And, Unbelievable that his performance, I think it just shows his grit and toughness. I don't think there's any quarterback in the league who gets up to nine sacks and still wins the game. I don't care who you're playing. So uh, hats off to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Again, their prize, they're going to go to Arrowhead and play the Chiefs. So next week's games, we've got the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, that game will be at Arrowhead. I haven't seen Times yet, but I did see the spread. It looks like the Chiefs are a seven-point opening favorites. And we have the Rams now at home after beating the Bucks. Uh, we'll face the 49ers. The Rams are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I'll pick those games with Token Girl, Ellen, on uh, the podcast on the Point Five pod. We'll preview both of them. And we will do, um, do all that stuff later in the week. I wanted to just get in here and talk about this great, great weekend of football. This was pretty phenomenal. One last thing. <laughs> I'm going to do one last uh, non-football take here. Uh, this is something that I just actually saw kind of crossed my screen as I was sitting here, actually. I uh, actually paused and kind of watched this for a second. I want to give a shout-out to someone local. This is Ayoka Lee. Ayoka is a, um, a ladies player, ladies basketball player at Kansas State, at K-State, who Sunday put up 61 points in K-State's win, uh, which is a new Division I record for points in a game at ladies basketball. So big shout-out, Ayoka Lee, uh, 61 points. Someone get her an NIL deal immediately. Um, Hello, Connor, advisor, we have to do something for her on that. Uh, pretty phenomenal, 61 point game. Hats off to you, young lady. Uh, keep up the good work. Good luck to the K State Wildcats and the ladies uh, for the rest of the season. That's pretty phenomenal. Whether you're a Wildcats fan or not, I know most of the folks here local are Jayhawks, but man, you got to respect game, and uh, that's, that's game right there. 61 points. So, a uh, little shout out there at the end of the night for that. So, hey, thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got a little bit out of it. We're going to be back on Friday. Uh, be myself and Ellen Winginter, Token Girl will be on. We're going to talk upcoming the upcoming playoff games. We're going to talk some other stuff. By then, Baseball Hall of Fame will have announced. I'm sure we're going to discuss that. If you want to hear our in-depth and who we voted for, go back to last week's .5. We'll have some more on that on this upcoming week, and there'll be some other cool stuff. Don't forget, hey, help our sponsors. Uh, obviously, I'm a little biased. Help O'Connor Advisor Group. Go to O'Connor. Go to OAGKS.com. But in the show notes, check out Trunk Club. Get $50 off your first trunk at Trunk Club. The link is in the show notes. We don't have a promo code. It doesn't how they work. But check out the link. It's great. I love it. I think it's great for men, for women, for children. I think it's great for anybody who's wanting to spice up their wardrobe, do something new, or even just kind of get something, you know, try some different things. So check that out. So, Hey, I want to send a shout out. Thank you to Tyler Jones and everybody at studio, studio soapbox while you guys do behind the scenes. Most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. I thank you so much for everything you're doing. The interaction, just everything going on. We're going to do a ask coach Bo, anything again, coming up soon. So get those questions into us. You can email us. You can send us tweets or Instagram, uh, the Facebook page. We're going to start sharing more on those sites as well. So you know, get, get go ahead and click to follow and link on that. Um, don't forget to rate us, review us, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate your five-star ratings and your reviews. If you got less than five stars for us, well, keep your opinion to yourself. We don't really care. Uh, but until next time, up Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember your time tokens are non-refundable, and we will check you out on Friday.